Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Prepare to win this season with PFF Fantasy. PFF uses exclusive data on every play of every game to bring you the best fantasy projections and insights. Join PFF Edge for full access to our expert rankings, fantasy tools, matchup charts, and in-depth analysis through our award-winning content. Join PFF today and prepare to win. Sign up at pff.com and use promo code RADIO25 to save 25% off any subscription. That's promo code RADIO25 to save 25% at pff.com. It's time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. Here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? Welcome to another episode of the 49ers Rush Podcast. And I'm just excited, which I'm always excited, as you guys know, because we actually have practices. <laughs> we have practices with reporters present. We have a press conference with the head coach and GM and George Kittle, you know, coming off of his massive deal, which is obviously great news. There's actually a lot of 49ers stuff to talk about. And so as I set out, you know, this weekend to prep for my next podcast, you know, I, I got into my roster breakdown and I was like, you know what? It's time to do my roster prediction and like the final cuts and all that stuff, practice squad, all that. So I get started and all that. And I, I had to put it on hold. <laughs> and so we'll have that a little bit later this week, just because there's just so much going on for the first time in forever. Um, and we're going to jump into that today. We've got clips um from john lynch we've got clips from kittle uh kyle shanahan we've got some practice reports from a lot of the best writers out there there's just a lot of great stuff going on um and why not just spend time talking about football you know if you got nfl network training camp live started that's going on which is awesome there's just a lot going on and even though the practices right now um they're not full pads full pads starts monday monday's the first full padded practice um, you know, that that's great news. There, there's just more and more great news and we're seeing more and more things. So as we go through this, you know, I want to bounce back and forth from allowing them to speak, uh, the people and to hear kind of what's going on. And, you know, right off the bat, uh, <laughs> I, I got dealt an L, uh, <laughs> uh, Kyle Shanahan comes up and the very first question that he is asked in his press conference right after practice was, Hey, Look like Quan Alexander was getting all of the first team snaps at the will linebacker position. What is up with that? So let's hear from Kyle, and then uh, I'll cry a little bit afterwards. Uh, hashtag Team Dre. Uh, let's see what we got here. At two guys who played really well at the will linebacker spot uh, was who was going to be the, the starter, Quan uh, or, or Dre this year. It seemed like Quan was getting – uh, the bulk of the work, at least there today. Can, can you sort of comment on that? Um, you know, I don't know if it is, is a uh, an issue or not. Or uh, does does Quan have that job from last season? 
Yes, I mean, everyone's job, and we compete all the time. So, I mean, no one just has a job set in stone, but um, I don't see that as open competition right now. I mean, we brought Quan here for a reason, um, did exactly what we wanted when he was out there, and did even more than we anticipated from a leadership standpoint. I mean, Quan's been great here. Um, that's not to take any, anything away from Dre. Uh, he had a hell of a rookie year. Uh, when, the more he got his opportunities, the better he got. Um, but we got a few good guys there, and, um, you know, we see that as Quan's job right now. And, man, if you go back to the 2019 season, it's really just, you know, which section of the season are you talking about? If you talk about the first half of the season, Quan Alexander was playing lights out, as good as anybody. Um, he goes down with the torn peck. Dre Greenlaw steps up, and Dre Greenlaw's play just it, it never plateaued. It just got better and better and better and better, especially in the playoffs, uh, you know, one of the most clutch performances ever. If you look at both Seattle games, um, I, I'm a Dre Greenlaw fan. I personally think that he has the highest ceiling of any linebacker on the 49ers team. And I currently think that Fred Warner is the best linebacker in the NFL. So th those two things I, I hold together. Now, what do you do? Okay. The last we saw of Quan, you know, he rushed back and had two of the worst playoff and Super Bowl performances ever. Um, I mean, he was the lowest rated player on defense, both games, so many missed tackles, free first downs, all those things. But you don't want to judge Quan by it's it's recency bias, and that's on my part too. Because that's what we remember. You know, I've watched that Super Bowl game way too many damn times. Uh, you know, lots of heartburn medicine, all those things every single time I watch it. But if you watch it again, which I don't recommend, <laughs> a big reason why we lost that game was Quan Alexander. But I don't think that you judge him by the last time you saw him because clearly he toughed it out and he played injured. Now, was that a detriment to the team? Yeah, I think it was. But now that he's had the full offseason to rehab and if he is fully healthy, Kyle Shanahan believes in him. And Drake Greenlaw is not going anywhere. Okay, It's just his sophomore year. Now, the difference is... This means Quan Alexander will be getting every single rep and every single snap on the defense because there's a micro will out there at almost all times. And the Sam linebacker in the 49ers defense is just about 26% of the snap. So uh, you're taking Dre Greenlaw off consistently, but this is an amazing problem to have. Um, the, the 49ers linebacking core, I can't stress this enough, is one of the best in the NFL, if not the overall best. The fact that you have three studs uh, that are available to play at those spots is awesome. That, that's great news. And so, I love Quan. He's legendary. Um, the next practice, he's going to be mic'd up. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hope to see some clips of that. Maybe I'll get some of those to you uh, if I can. But you always want what's best for the team, and it's it's interesting to me. You know, the thing that I took away from this that I thought was, you know, just different was it's not even an open competition. Um, Kyle Shanahan said, nope, this is Quan's job. And one of the reasons that Quan has set himself apart is he is he's on equal level with Richard Sherman as the vocal team leaders, right? Uh, Nick Bosa, whenever they asked him after the regular season, who would you consider the defensive MVP? Nick Bosa said, Quan Alexander, even though he missed half the games. Um, so it's interesting to see what's going to happen. They want that leadership. They want that presence. And Dre Greenlaw, as we know, can step in at any moment. Now, another interesting thing was Brandon Ayuk. Okay, this season is unlike any other in NFL history for obvious reasons. COVID, all those things. No training camp, no rookie camp, no OTAs, no it, none of that stuff. Um, but the issue is this. Wide receiver is one of the most difficult positions to make the transition from rookie to NFL. 
And on top of that, guess what? He didn't play in a similar offense to the 49ers. Um, he was only, you know, one year starter, which is going to make more question marks, but absolutely not for Brandon Ayuk, says Kyle Shanahan. Hey, Kyle, what are your early impressions of Brandon Ayuk, and how is he just coming along learning the offense? Um, you know, today was the first full speed practice, um, and I thought he did a pretty good job today. We'll see when we go watch the film. Um, but I've been real impressed with him just being around him. You know, he was he was very impressive on the Zoom meetings, just his attention to detail. Um, but since we've gotten here, just going through these walkthroughs and stuff, you can tell. I mean, he, he knows how to um, practice like a pro. You can tell he comes prepared every day. Uh, he's not a guy you've had to teach how to act or teach how important it is to learn this stuff. Um, you can tell he understood that before he got here. And since we've been around him, you can tell he's been working. And um, that's why he's um, – further ahead, I think, than a lot of rookies would be at this time. And that's – is that what a coach is supposed to say? Maybe. Okay, maybe it's just coach speak. But I don't remember hearing these things this year on Debo uh, last year. You know, if we go back to – we didn't hear those things. And Debo was not taking a lot of first-team snaps throughout training camp. He wasn't. Trent Taylor was taking a lot of those snaps. You had Dante Pettis taking a lot of those snaps. You even had Marquise Goodwin taking a lot of those snaps, right? But guess what? We're not in that same position. The wide receiver is, it's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess right now because you've lost three guys that you were counting on. Debo, which we're going to talk a little bit. I got some clips later on that we're going to talk about. Um, you've also got, you know, Travis Benjamin. He opted out, which you were counting on him for some veteran depth. And then you also got Richie James, who, again, another depth piece. And so the numbers for wide receiver are low. Now, do you want to rely on a rookie wide receiver as a starter, even though you traded up for him in the first round. And I love Brandon Ayuk, but are you ready for that yet? I think we'll find out. Um, you know, you love to hear what Kyle Shanahan just said about Brandon Ayuk because we're going to rely on him this season. I'm just not quite so sure if relying on rookies is the best thing to do in the 2020 season. Um, so I, I think that you create a package of plays for him and you put him on a snap count early to see how he performs under the lights. Because, again, these rookies don't even have the preseason snaps to go out and get the butterflies out. Nope. Guess what? Week one, division opponent right off the bat. And you're playing against a pretty damn good secondary with some quality guys over there with the Arizona Cardinals. Like, they're not <laughs> – it's not a bad team is what I'm saying. Uh, so we'll have to see what happens with that. But no press conference. No press conference. And I'm excited about this one. Everybody's got to talk about the Jet, baby. Jarek McKinnon, he is turning into the centerpiece of the bingo card because you can just stamp it automatically every single press conference. Because it doesn't matter who's talking, offense, defense, coach, GM, doesn't matter. They're talking some Jarek McKinnon. I know that you were uh, eager to see Jarek McKinnon get on the field each of the past two seasons, but finally seeing him out there on the practice field again and the way he's moving, how do you evaluate him? Um, I think, I mean, very similar to how I talked about Trent. Um, you know, Jet's even been through more, you know, and he hasn't been able to get on the field since he's been here as a Niner. So I think everyone knows how hard that's been for him just um, emotionally um, and mentally. Um, but what he's done to this offseason, you know, he, I think he spent most of his time in Houston. I think he spent a lot of time with Trent Williams down there. I think Debo was down there a little bit. Um, but those guys grinded. All right, they, they worked very hard. Jet's always been as hard of a worker as there is. Um, he came in 
as prepared as anyone could be. And my only worry about Jed is sometimes he might overdo it because that's how hard he works. Um, the good thing for Jed is, you know, we've been through this twice with him. And when he came back last year with it, you know, trying to get him back and he'd get out there and try to work through it, you could tell it just didn't heal, heal right. Um, and then he had to go through all that stuff again. You know, it's, it's still the first day, the first step, but you can tell that it healed right. And you can tell Jed's put that work in and you feel all this that he's gone through in the last two years. I feel he's finally in a position where uh, he has a chance to have this comeback now and everyone's pulling for him um, as good of a guy as there is on our team and um, he had a real good first day of practice and and that's the thing all you can do is pay attention to the health and how he looks up to this point obviously we understand it's like the robin williams jumanji uh gif where he comes out and he's like what year is it <laughs> like we talk about this every year and this is three years in a row will it finally pay dividends God, you got to hope so. And, you know, according to the beat writers that were on the scene, the running back rotation, the first running back up in team drills, guess who? Raheem Mostert, who still has zero NFL starts in his entire career. But it does seem like he has finally made that jump to the starting level. Now, I understand the Kyle Shanahan offense, just because you get the first snap doesn't mean you're the starter or you're going to get the most carries. Obviously, that's been Tevin Coleman. But for the first time... All throughout last year, guess what? Tevin Coleman was the first guy up, nonstop. Uh, it was Matt Breida early on. Then it was Tevin Coleman. It was never Raheem Mostert. So there's a little bit of shakeup there. Now the rotation continued through. You had Raheem Mostert getting first snaps. Then you had Tevin Coleman, then Jarek McKinnon. Okay, then Jeff Wilson, then Jamichael Hasty, who we're going to talk about in a little bit. But the running back depth for the 49ers is it's pretty freaking solid. And the only thing that's not solid about it is whenever you look at the rounds that they were drafted because it's undrafted free agent, third rounder, undrafted free agent, undrafted free agent. Like, I mean, it just keeps going on. But this is what Kyle Shanahan and Daddy Shanahan have always done. They go get the guys that are going to fit their system. They don't have to spend a lot of draft capital on it. Um, and I think you could single-handedly credit the Shanahan family for the devaluing of contracts to the running back position. Uh, whenever you, they went back and traded Clint, Clinton Portis uh, for Champ Bailey, that was it. That was when the running back position was at an all-time high, and it's just nosedive since then. Um, now, I will say this. Also on the Patreon coming up, I've been clipping some uh, film from way back uh, from the Purple Team, the Vikings, because I'm going to be doing a full breakdown on Jarek McKinnon. Now that he is finally healthy, cleared, and out there, I wanted to take a step back and see exactly what he offers. Um, so for those of you that support me on Patreon, really do appreciate that. Um, and the next breakdown that's coming up, we just finished a Jimmy Garoppolo third and long breakdown. Next one is going to be Jarek McKinnon. So stay tuned for that one over on Patreon. Patreon.com, just type in 49ers Rush Podcast. You will find it there. Now, the big guy that we all want to know. We just talked about how the wide receiver position's taking a step back because you've lost three of them. Well, Debo is probably the most important player. I don't think probably is even the right word. He is the most important player at the wide receiver position. So Kyle Shanahan had some optimism, but not total optimism. Let's see what he had to say. The way I kind of see it in my mind, I think we're hoping for week one, um, not counting on it. 
Um, but I think that's kind of the area that these injuries usually heal by. But a lot of it has to do, are you ready to play? Are you, as it fully healed by that time, are you in football shape? Which it's, Debo's going to do everything he can to be in shape, but it's hard to be in football shape until you can play football. Um, so how many practices do we get him in here before Arizona? Um, so that's going to all go into play, but I'm hoping for week one, um, but not sure yet. It's a little too early. Yeah, you hope for the best, you prepare for the worst. I personally, I'm, I'm sticking to my timeline. I think he comes back week four. No need to rush him. Uh, week one is probably the most important game out of the first three for sure. You know, the Jets and the Giants, not to say that they're easy. It is on the road. You are traveling all the way across the country. But uh, the Arizona Cardinal game holds a lot of weight. It's a divisional matchup. Okay. Um, now, the other two games, guess what? Don't really matter. One, the Jets are in the AFC. They matter. Overall record, for sure. Tiebreakers, things like that. But uh, if you were going to lose a game, the first three, which I don't think the 49ers will, uh, you definitely do not want to lose the Cardinals game. You don't want to lose the division. Every single team starts off their goal, their number one goal, win the division. That's it. You can't do anything unless you do that. It's just what it is. Okay, now... Debo is looking good. We saw the video of the rehab. That was awesome. Uh, you know, he, he, it looks good, but it's still just way too early to tell. Now, the roster makeup, okay? And this is huge because we all know about the 53-man roster that it's always been. Well, it's still the initial 53-man roster, okay? However, this year does have some differences, and John Lynch kind of introduced those, and we're going to talk about those because this year there's a lot of new rules, and there's a lot of, well, you can do this if you do that, if you do this. And it's interesting because as I was going through my roster breakdown, which will be later in the week, uh, who's going to make the final 53, it was interesting because, man, there was so, I kept going back like, well, wait a second, because there's a new caveat here and there's a new caveat there. That means they could do this. And John Lynch seems to be going through the exact same thing right now. I've not done that, but we have. I mean, we're challenging ourselves, and it's kind, it's kind of like the Wild West, Matt. There's a, there's been a, you know, we have a new 16-person practice squad with six veterans, and so we've challenged everybody in the building. Hey, we want you to come up with ideas, um, and there's no wrong answers. We're looking for the best. How do you comprise a practice squad for all the possibilities that could happen during these times? And that's where you can gain an edge. And Fortunately, uh, you know, we have a really uh, uh, a great bunch of individuals, both in the coaching staff and in the personnel staff um, that are incredibly bright, who take a lot of pride in what they do. And from their perspective are coming up with great ideas on how we best do that. And then we put them all together and we'll come up with a, a really good plan. But that's ongoing, thinking of creative ideas, preparing for worst case scenarios, more than anything, trying to mitigate risk, and, and our, our staff, our players have done a tremendous job of doing that. Frankly, our, our setup here, sharing our, uh, sharing our practice field with our stadium allows us to have more space, and so, um, but it still took a lot of hard work, and, and, uh, but that, that's what's most important. But yes, you have to be creative. We haven't gone so far. I, I don't think we're uh, cross-training one offense and defense, but uh, it's a that's a fun idea to think of who may be uh, capable of doing it. And kind of what he's talking about there is, in the past, you know, you get your fifty-three. This is going to stay the same. You'll have your initial fifty-three man roster. You got to cut everybody else. Cut wave means basically the same thing. All the players you cut, veterans, uh, rookies, undraft free, whatever. Any other team can pick them up. Now, if those players aren't picked up, now you get to assimilate 16 guys. Six can be veterans. Ten, 
have they fall under the old practice uh, squad rules with two years accrued seasons, all that kind of stuff, right? Now, let's say you cut guys that are veterans. Well, if they don't make it back to you, they're not going to be placed on that. But I think that this is important because it's going to give teams flexibility to put some of the guys that you've never thought of before back on your practice squad. But again, they have to clear everywhere. Now, the 49ers in their use of the practice squad is second to none. They are better at it than anybody else. They will stash a player on the practice squad for a full year before they even get a chance to start. You look at Roz Dwelly. You look at Marcel Harris. You look at Daniel Brunskill. Uh, you can go on and on. They use them all. If you're on the 49ers practice squad, you're in great, uh, you're in a great place as a player. But this year, you can put veterans on there. So, you know, it, it, it's... Kyle Shanahan, who's the most loyal person in the world, we talk about all the time uh, with anybody that's ever played for him, it gives him an opportunity to be flexible with some of the guys that he knows. Um, and so I do think it's interesting. This is a year unlike any other. Um, we're going to see a lot of movement up and down. So with your 16 players on the practice squad, you get to elevate two every single week, okay, at no consequence. So this is where the new 55-man roster comes in. And – you have your initial 53. You're allowed to elevate two practice squad guys to your 55-man. One of them has to be an offensive lineman and then one additional whatever you want to do. But then those guys go back to the practice squad after the game, uh, the consequential week. So whenever wa waivers process, again, let's say you move somebody up from the practice squad, they ball out. You have to either make space for them on their 53 and release somebody else or another team could claim them. And we're going to see a lot of that this year, especially between division rivals. The Seahawks and 49ers do this to each other more than anybody. Now, one, because they run similar defenses. But then if you look at the offensive side, so many teams are running the Kyle Shanahan system now. And so there's going to be a lot more movement and sniping between teams back and forth. And I think that's good because I, I would choose our front office. Obviously, John Lynch, executive of the year 2019, Adam Peters, personnel guy. We've got <laughs> – I love our front office. Uh, I don't know how we've been able to keep it intact, especially after that Super Bowl run, but I'm not complaining. I'll tell you that. Now, the man of the hour – George freaking Kittle, uh, love the extension, five years, $75 million, highest paid tight end, right at $15 million a year, deserved it. He is amazing. He was asked several questions about the process, um, and he gave a lot of kind of stereotypical answers, but this question I thought was ideal. What does your contract do for you now that maybe you didn't have before? Priority you put on making sure this thing or hoping this thing got done before you guys stepped out on the practice field? Oh, I mean, that was a big part of it. Just wanted to get it done, you know, have uh, some security, have, you know, just, you know, now I can go into a football field and, um, you know, not have any worries about anything. I don't have to worry about getting injured. I don't have to really worry about anything. I can just go out there and focus on football, which is, you know, I have the best job in the world. I get paid to play football. And I uh, know now I'm taken care of and my family's taken care of, and now I can just focus on that. I don't have to worry about money. I don't have to worry about anything else. I can just go out there and play football and run through someone's face, and I'm really excited about that. I don't know what's better, the T-shirt or the quote at the end. I just want to run through somebody's face. Uh, he had the, uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, um, the just the audio version, uh, he's wearing the shirt Garoppolo Kittle 2020, and he was asked about the shirt. And he said, you know, I get T-shirts all the time. People just send them to me, and I just throw them in my locker to wear them for press conferences or whatever else. But it, his personality, it lights up the room. He's hilarious. Uh, if you haven't watched the full interview of his yet, 
please go do so. Uh, it, it, it's awesome. It, Kittle's must watch TV at all times. But the all I want to do is run through somebody's face. That's it. Um, he's a captain, the definition of a football player. Love that this guy is going to be around for at least five years. Gosh, it's an incredible what he could do. You know, he's broken almost every single record receiving wise for tight ends through the first three years. And it's, it's hard to see <laughs> him not continuing that trend. So, so glad that he is on our team and what he has been able to do. Do want to say thank you for your questions. We'll get to your questions after we finish uh, getting through these clips in the press conferences. So, want to say thank you to the Countdown crew, as always, uh, working currently behind the scenes to get some more giveaways for you guys at the end of this month. As always, uh, if you hit that alert button, make sure you do it on YouTube. Uh, you can do it on Hot Mic. You can do it wherever. Anytime we go live during that countdown, hashtag CC, you put that on there, you get entered into a giveaway so i'm working on getting some autographed pictures to send out to you guys uh we'll see how that goes but um anyway keep working that appreciate you countdown crew we'll get to your questions as soon as we get through the rest of this now i do want to give a shout out because man for the first time beat reporters were allowed to the field the practice field and so much great content 49ers we're so spoiled. We are so spoiled uh, because they just do a hell of a job. You know, I want to give a shout out to Chris Biederman, Dylan DeSimone, uh, David Lombardi, Jennifer Lee Chan, uh, and so many more. But these are kind of the ones that I took a lot of the notes from and practice reports. You know, uh, Chris Biederman, he wrote about how everybody wrote about this play. The play of the day was none other than Trent Taylor. Um, you know, amazing diving, one-handed catch, dragged his feet on the sidelines. Uh, everybody kind of erupted. It was just one of those just freak circus catches. And so you got to give it to him. Now, uh, Kyle Shanahan gets asked, how is it with the guys, especially at the wide receiver position, which we've already talked about super thin, how is it with these guys, Trent Taylor, coming off an injury, uh, Jalen Hurd coming off an injury, both of them. Uh, you know, Trent Taylor was a full go. Jalen Hurd went through routes and all that stuff, but they pulled him off during teams just to slowly phase him in. And Kyle Shanahan addressed that. I mean, they both went through a lot of stuff last year and missed the whole year. Um, you know, Trent's been battling with that for a couple of years. So um, I was just really happy for him that he, you know, he's overcome a lot. All the, um, the infections that he did get and the rehabbing to do that surgery. I know how tough last year was for him. And before that happened, how high of a level he was playing at. So just to get him back out there is a huge deal. I mean, it looks like the same guy. Um, I know how hard he's worked and I know how excited he is. He's not a guy you want to go up to and, and baby right now or ask him how his foot's feeling. He'll, um, he'll be very irritated with that question. He, he's ready to move on. He's ready to play some football. And um, that's the guy I see out there. And um, Jalen's been very similar. You know, he came back and he put a lot of time in here. You know, the only guys that were allowed to come up here um, and be allowed in the building during the quarantine and everything were guys who had injuries and stuff. So um, him being around our training staff, being around um, Dustin Perry, our strength coach, you know, he's put in a lot of work um, to get to where he is right now to come back from that back injury. And uh, I thought he had a great first 10 days. And we are trying to be smart with him and ease him in just an individual today and stuff. But hopefully that'll pick up as we go. Yeah, and that's you just <laughs> you don't need him out there right now, slow and steady, especially with something like a back. Because if he has a reaggravation or something goes wrong, you're talking possibly the career's over before it even got started. 
Um, yeah, the ceiling on the Jalen Hurd, I'm as high as anybody on this kid. Um, really, really excited for what he can bring, but you don't have to rush him back now. Uh, he's been around the playbook for a full year. He understands what's going on. You want that big slot role position filled by him. We'll have to see what happens there. Now, jumping back to the rookie class, and I think that this is kind of key because both the first-round picks saw first-team reps on day one. Oh, it's Tracy. A lot of the guys we've talked to have talked about Javon Kinlaw and said that he really doesn't seem like a rookie just in terms of his preparation and where he is. Can you speak to that a little bit, please? Um, I mean, you know, we haven't been around each other a ton, so we all get here, and, you know, everyone's going to look at the first-round picks first. So, you know, Kinlaw and Ayuk are probably the guys the players are watching more, trying to judge how they are, and these guys came in working their tails off. So uh, we haven't been here that long, um, so I'm not just going to say it's a finished product. You know, we got to keep doing that and keep working, but um, both of those guys have come in, fallen right in line. You know, it, it really helps. Um, you know, how, how the rest of our team is. You know, we, we didn't get as many team meetings when we start, and we go out to walk through and everything. And um, to not have to address a lot of people and how hard we go, um, and the rookies kind of just fall in line because they watch everyone else doing it. Um, so if, if you come in slacking around, you, you look pretty out of place. Um, usually a lot of the players are going to get to you before even a coach has to. And when you have a guy like Kinlaw and Ayuk who come in and the players are probably expecting to tell them, hey, you got to turn it on a little bit. This isn't college. Um, when you don't have to tell guys like that, uh, it is impressive. Uh, they are working right away. So they, they do seem like a pro. Um, but today was the first practice. we got a long way to go. Um, the key will be keeping that up. And, I mean, again, just a testament. A big reason <laughs> why the 49ers draft players from South Carolina, Stanford, Arizona State is because, again, they want to trust the coach's evaluation. This goes back to Reuben Foster, which this front office learned year one. Uh, you know, they felt like, Nick Saban withheld information and kind of buttered up their guy and wasn't truthful to him. Now, and John Lynch has talked about this repeatedly, and so has Kyle Shanahan. And, you know, you look at Will Muschamp in South Carolina, they told us exactly what was going to happen with Debo, that he would come back from breaks, overweight, a little bit out of shape, and that these were the things that he was great at, These and that he was spot on. Herm Edwards, one of the best friends of John Lynch, same thing. And in a year where you don't get to build that relationship through minicamp and OTAs, they went after trusted sources that you knew would come in and be exactly what they thought. Character guys. And you can go back through Javon Kinlaw and what he has been through to get to where he is. And you go through Brandon Ayuk transferring from junior colleges, waiting, one-year starter. Believe me, these are football guys that want to contribute and you know one of the things i was worried about big time was how would they show up early because this is not the off season to be late you only got 14 full padded practice and they start on monday <laughs> so you're talking two weeks no preseason games no inter squad scrimmages none of that stuff it is full go <laughs> from the jump and so the fact that they are already getting first team reps check in shape check and they look amazing if you saw any of the film clips and or pictures from uh people just filming javon kinlaw makes everybody else look tiny and you know the the pictures taken from away and the videos taken from a little bit uh the sidelines but 
he dwarfs everybody. He looks like one of those pictures that you go to edit or crop the picture and you click on the edge and just drag it out and it just enlarges. That's what he looks like because he's wider than everybody. He's taller than everybody. And it's not like it's bad weight. Uh, the dude's jacked. <laughs> and Kinlaw looks apart as well. Uh, crazy long arms, man. They, they show up in every single thing that uh, goes on. So great news early from the first rounders. That's great. You, you want continued good. <laughs> uh, hopefully no hiccups happen there. Now, Eric Armstead, fresh off his new contract, which, you know, he kind of had his breakout season in 2020, finally stayed healthy, all those things. He had some back tightness, and they decided just to keep him out. Um, and no need to rush it back. And Kyle, Han, or Kyle Shanahan kind of put uh, the squash. He squashed all kind of like negativity and whatever else. So let's hear him deal with this now. Apologies if you started off the press was having some technical issues. Did uh, did what, What's your level of concern for, for Eric Armstead, and do you have a – potential time frame on when he can get back out there no i, I mean i, I want to say he's day-to-day -day, even though i probably didn't hear that but I, I think that could tell you my level of concern i'm not too worried about it just has some back stiffness which happens to a lot of people especially with guys his size so um and I, I, I mean he could be out there if we really needed to right now but we're trying to be smart so just me guessing right now i, I bet we'll probably be smart these first four days um and then try to get him in the next block of practices so, and he goes on to say, you know, he, he if we needed him right now, he'd go. But there's no need to rush back a veteran. Uh, you can get other people some reps, get them going inside. Not that big of a deal. Now, Dylan DeSimone uh, with 4th and 9, they put out amazing coverage. Big fan of what they do. Um, he brought up one of my favorites, and that's undrafted free agent running back from Baylor, Michael Hasty. Uh, he had two of the best runs of the day. He looks great. Raheem Mostert looks super, super fast already. It's funny. We went back, uh, <laughs> recently signed up for, you know, 2020 NFL Sunday ticket and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I was showing my oldest son, who's a huge 49ers guy with me, and we rewatched the NFC Championship yesterday. And he just, he couldn't stop talking about how crazy fast Raheem Mostert is and how he just looks like he's jogging. Um, and that it, I, I, I agreed with everything he said. And the fact that, you know, he's finally, this is the first offseason ever. Where, you know, one, he's not coming back from an injury where he had that wrist break or the arm break, however you want to classify that. But he is the guy. He's the guy. Fought for a contract. Got it. And he is already showing that, guess what? He's not a guy that's taking this lightly. And again, if you go back to the press conference, which we covered a handful of episodes ago, where he talks about his family because he's expecting a kid and how important this is to him. This is his last chance. He's old. Um, he's older for a running back so excited to see that he's out early uh just looking really really good now jordan reed did not practice uh the new signee and you know with somebody that's just dealt with a lot of injuries in their past you know kyle shanahan hint on this just a little bit i hope you're not driving right now too by the way see you in your car um, I'm not. No, we, we were being smart with Jordan. Um, very similar to Hurd. Um, Jordan hasn't been here very long. Um, I, we do know his history, and he just hasn't been here as long as the other guys. So we eased him in today. Um, routes on air. Um, did all the individual work, but we didn't want him going against anyone yet. Um, we'll reassess that each day, and um, we'll get him in there when we're comfortable with it. Um, and so, yeah, we'll, we'll get to Jordan Reed. You know, he we're going to be able to see. His whole thing is just health. He's just got to stay healthy, uh, hits the head concussions. That's really about the only thing that you have to be concerned about. Uh, he has had an ACL issue, but that was a long time ago. He, he just needs to be healthy. So no need to rush him back. Let him learn. He's just going to be out there during pass plays only or as a decoy only. That's all he's going to be doing. 
Um, now, I, I will say this because it has to be brought up. Jimmy Garoppolo did have his knee brace on. I know a lot of you guys were worried because two days ago he didn't have his knee brace on during walkthrough. Then they go back out there uh, with pads on and he puts his knee brace on. It's not really that big of a deal. It's up to the quarterback. Uh, for example, Patrick Mahomes isn't wearing a knee brace. He had his issue last year during the season more recently, and he's more mobile. Um, so don't allow this to be a big deal. I know some beat writers are going to throw that out there. Just, just move on. Uh, David Lombardi also talked about how Kendrick Bourne had an awesome deep catch. Um, and Kendrick Bourne is a guy that you want to hear positive things from because he's going to be starting week one regardless. Um, he has to be out there uh, because there's no other returning starters that you could put on the field. It is Kendrick Bourne. Debo is probably not going to be out there week one. You talk about Trent Taylor, that's fine, and Brandon Ayuk. But again, as far as carryover from 2019 to 2020, it's Kendrick Bourne. He's going to be one of the guys. Um, Jennifer Lee Chan does some great work. She talked about how during team, she just watched Bosa versus Trent Williams the entire time, and she said it was awesome. Uh, both had some wins, both had some losses, but both looked good. And really, really excited to see what those two and how they're going to benefit each other because that's best on best. Neither one of them are going to play against anybody better than that week in and week out in practice. So Bosa and the fact that, you know what, he is coming, he's been fully healthy. He's been working with Jimmy Bosa all summer. He said he's been with him every waking moment, him and his big brother. Um, and so last time, you had to slowly phase him in. He was coming off the ankle sprain and just had hamstring tight. There was so much stuff going on. I think it was strained quad maybe. But he's healthy now. Um, now, a couple different transactions uh, did take place. Chris Thompson and Daniel Helm, they were both cut to make room for Tavon Austin and J.J. Nelson. And you can go back to the roster thing with 16 practice squad guys because both of these players, their options uh, to be practice squad guys. So even if they get cut, you could definitely see them come back. And Kyle Shanahan kind of hit, hinted on what it is that they bring to this team. First, I mean, it was awesome to bring in two guys um, like J.J. and Tavon. I mean, two guys who are NFL players who have done things in this league and two guys um, we've always liked. I mean, I like both of them coming out of college, and um, we've liked them and all their stops. So, um, But also, you know, when you have nine receivers, well, we have 11, but two of them on, are on PUP um, with Richie and um, Debo. Um, so the fact that they aren't out there able to practice leaves you with nine. Any receivers are always going to have tweaks, so they can't do it every day. So very quickly, we can get down to seven. And if you have seven receivers, Receivers that are practice, you're in trouble. Um, you always try to have 11. That's always the goal. I think last year we had 10 in camp. Um, so we needed to get some more guys in just for legs. But the fact that we got two guys in who have the ability to make our roster, um, who could have roles on this team with both of their skill assets, um, made me very excited to get them. Um, we didn't know if we were going to get one or two, but the way they looked in workouts yesterday, they were both in shape, uh, looked like they had uh, previous places they've been in their career. And that's what excites me the most is we needed the numbers to help guys, um, but we also added two guys who are capable of beating people out on this roster and capable of earning a spot. And, and plus, the whole thing with this year of having an option where you can have a veteran on practice squad and who knows how that'll work out but I mean if you if we, we want guys like that to where it could be an option you know Travis was an option like that who also had a good chance to make the team um, but he would have been a veteran there who could have made that spot and we're bringing in two guys just like that now that they're going to push people to make this team or hopefully they can show they can be a part to help us at some time and I think that's key um, you know I, I personally I'm a 
pretty big J.J. Nelson fan. And whenever I say that, I don't think he's like a top 50 wide receiver in the league. I think that he offers something that the other guys don't. Tavon Austin's much shiftier. Uh, J.J. Nelson's just a straight line, crazy speed guy. I think he ran like a 4-2 something. Uh, super, super quick, right? Um, Tavon Austin I saw play in high school and college. He is phenomenal shifty guy but he hasn't panned out anywhere he's been um but these are guys that are depth plays kyle shanahan's offense guess what more wide receivers play than normal you can look at kind of what the vikings did last year right they have two wide receivers that are out there every single play kyle shanahan doesn't do that um he rotates through he believes in fresh wide receivers and fresh legs and fresh running backs and all those things fresh tight ends he's always moving players in and out so you need more depth and as you look through and as you go through this roster you see depth everywhere except the wide receiver position and i think that's kind of one of the issues uh got this question here from nick on youtube uh if debo Ayuk heard taylor born and the other wide receivers are healthy how good is our receiving core and I, I think he hits on it if everybody is in and everybody's healthy you talk about crazy depth and specialization the issue is so many question marks in youth Debo is our most experienced guy, him and Kendrick Bourne. <laughs> like, neither one of those guys are veterans by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, Debo is coming off his rookie year, which he started, you know, uh, the divisional round. He started the NFC Championship. He started in the Super Bowl and dominated all three of those. So, like, you, you want to give him a little bit more than a sophomore player just because he had all those extra time and performance. But he's coming, even if he does play week one, no training camp. No practices, no anything. So you have to taper expectations early on. Is the potential there? Hell yes, it is. Can they get there? I think that they will. Uh, but there are some question marks. And J.J. Nelson, Tavon Austin, they're not starters. That's not what they are. J.J. Nelson, basically he fits that Marquise Goodwin role. The burner that can stretch the field deep and do some comeback routes. Uh, that's kind of what he does. Then you've got Tavon Austin. What's he going to do? Eh, you want to do end arounds? You want to do handoffs? Guess what? He's had more rush attempts than catches in three out of seven of his NFL years. Um, so those are things that you want to look for. These are complementary pieces, not cornerstone parts of this organization. They're just there to help if things go bad. Uh, from Drew. Who's still on IR? So IR doesn't really exist yet, Drew. Players are either on the NFI, the non-football injury list, or the PUP slash active list, which means they can be activated at any time. Um, Debo, for example, is on the NFI list. Uh, you know, he hurt um, his foot, Jones fracture, while playing football, but it wasn't a sanctioned NFL event. So therefore, it's non-football related is how the NFL classifies it. Uh, for Now, they don't count versus the roster, but that's kind of where they are. So we'll have to wait and see. What happens with those guys? We'll get some more information on there. Um, from Mr. Superfly87. I love it. How do you think Javon Kinlaw going to turn out considering uh, no one's been able to play this offseason? I think it's a problem. But again, whenever you look at the NFL, there are certain positions that translate perfectly to the NFL. And there are certain positions that are huge question marks, right? So wide receiver, um, quarterback, those are huge question marks. They don't always translate, and there's a much bigger bust rate. Defensive line, one of the highest success rates. Um, you know, Solomon Thomas definitely hasn't lived up to his potential, but he has been a depth starter for three years. Uh, that's kind of the worst case scenario with first round defensive linemen uh, that are picked that high. Um, the size in the explosion is there. 
I, it's there. The hunger is there. And so I really do think Javon Kinlaw is going to play well. Worst case scenario um, with Javon Kinlaw is he's an absolutely crazy first and second down three technique versus the run. That's worst case. Now, he does have insane upside in the pass rush as well. But with that size and first step and bull rush mentality, first and second down starter guaranteed no matter what. And that's what's going to happen. So you got to love it, man. And really, really excited to see what this kid can do. Uh, next question uh, from Jimbroni. John, do you believe our D-line will be stronger this year than last? Pass rush, no. Run defense, yes. And Eric Armstrong and the coaches have all addressed this. They were 17th in the NFL in rush yards per attempt. And I think that's a problem. Um, they want to beef that up. Javon Kinlaw is going to help with that. A healthy DJ Jones, that's going to help with that. Three linebackers that are healthy, that's going to help with that. So rush defense, uh, sorry, defending the rush, I think that's going to improve. Pass rush, I don't know. Nick Bosa only had nine sacks last year. But he <laughs> up among the league lead in pressures. Um, so convert a few more of those. D Ford, if he gets healthy, convert some of those. Then, yes, I, I think that the pass rush will stay on par. But I think that the rush defense will elevate. I, I do believe that. So that's going to do it for us today. Hopefully you enjoyed this. What were we at? Like 43 minutes. A lot of fun. It, Sundays are for football. We got to talk football. I had to jump on and just go through some stuff. I know we're going to have a lot of news. Uh, stay tuned. Hit that subscribe button and the notification bell. That is huge. Wherever it is you listen. Uh, that way, you know, whenever the episodes come out, uh, once the season gets started, man, we're back crazy full time, four episodes a week going nonstop, baby. Yeah, I don't know how long we're going to have football, but I guarantee you this, the 49ers Rush podcast will take advantage of every single week that we will be able to talk 49ers. We will be here with you guys all year. Really do appreciate all the support. Thank you so much. And we will be back soon. And as always, stay strong, faithful. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.